You're listening to the weekly message at Mosaic Church. For more information or to talk about your own life in Christ, email info at mosaicchurchevans.org. If you'd like to support our ministry, visit our website at mosaicchurchevans.org. Thanks for listening. And now, this week's message. All right, so for today, um, we are going to, you're going to need your Bible, something to write on, something to write with, and if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 1, that's where we're going to start. I want to follow a thread, a thread of grace that runs through uh, the Holy of Holies and goes straight into the Jordan River and then into your life. It starts with Zechariah, Luke chapter 1. This, I'm just going to tell you the story about Zechariah, who was a priest. Uh, he lived in the time of Herod. He, uh, Herod was the same Herod who the wise men came and, and talked to when he, they were looking for uh, Jesus. And, and Herod is the one who, who asked every child under two years old to be killed because he was trying to kill the one people were beginning to call a king. Zechariah uh, comes into this story. He's a good man. Uh, he and his wife Elizabeth were faithful followers of the one true God. They were obedient to God's commands. They, they lived their whole lives devoted to him. Their great sorrow was that they had no children. So I want you to remember that the next time you want to connect uh, all your blessings to how much you're giving or um, you know, to your faith. Zechariah and Elizabeth were people of great faith, holy character, and yet they still had deep pain and loss in their lives. Until one day, when Zechariah was chosen by Lot out of as many as 18,000 priests to serve Israel, uh, at, um, to serve Israel by, by entering the Holy of Holies and burning incense. There's many 18,000 priests served the temple of Israel. And uh, so that they, they, they divided them into divisions. And then each division would have about two weeks of the year that their job was to serve the temple. They're, mostly they would burn uh, uh, the, they would take the offerings or you know, burn the sacrifices and also do teaching. But every day, one person out of that division was chosen by lot to enter the Holy of Holies. And many priests never even got there. So it was a big deal when you got chosen to enter the Holy of Holies. An offer, and to make an offering to God uh, by burning incense of the prayers of the people in the most intimate of spaces. And after you were, you were chosen, you never got chosen again. So many priests went a lifetime without ever happening. It must have been powerful, you know, to stand in that room, to stand in the holy of holies. <laughs> Just you and God, on behalf of all his people, letting their prayers rise to God in that sacramental act of burning incense. What a beautiful thing. Zechariah was chosen, so he went in. And while he was there, an angel showed up to him, told him that he and his wife Elizabeth, now beyond childbearing age, were going to have a son who would be anointed as prophet, the last one in a line of first covenant prophets and the first to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the generation of the Messiah. This, this prophet would announce the coming Messiah. And that must have been amazing and also let's admit it those of us who are middle-aged a little not exciting to know that you're gonna have another baby okay it's a radical calling and so far-fetched the Zechariah was like are you sure <laughs> well, I just said the same thing and the angel who was Gabriel a famous angel whose name Zechariah would have known 
rewarded his doubt with silence. So he emerged from this stunning trip into the presence and power and encounter with God and his angels, completely silent and unable to talk. So while this baby was incubating in his wife Elizabeth's womb, Zechariah was incubating in this womb of silence. Nine months to really steep in the plans and purposes of God. And then he emerged from this. From that silence, he was birthed into praise, filled with the Holy Spirit. Zechariah sings. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 67. Filled with the Holy Spirit. He just began, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation. I want you to underline that phrase. It's huge. We'll come back to it. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said long ago through the the holy prophets of uh, sorry, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies. Underline that to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. The gift Zechariah was given in that incubator of silence was a glimpse into the nature of our Savior. He's come, he's redeemed. He brings salvation from our enemies. He he delivers us from harm. He, He shows us the mercy Uh, or he shows mercy to our ancestors by remembering his promises to them. He rescues us from our enemies. He allows us to serve without fear and holiness and righteousness. That's our Savior, friends. That's our Savior, our Redeemer, our Jesus. Grace and mercy, grace and salvation, grace and rescue. So let's talk about that phrase, horn of salvation. This is amazing. I never, just not, I just hadn't noticed it before, but I would have connected that horn with the shofar. It's going, whatever that phone is, it's going to keep going. Um, <laughs> um, I would have connected that horn with the shofar, that, that ancient instrument made of a ram's horn, but it's not that. Where is it? <laughs> there. We got it. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so now might be a good time to silence your phones. Um, I, I'm going to tell you all about this funny one that happened. This, it, it, this is the, not the last time, and certainly not the first time, and it won't be the last time. You can't get your phone off in time. It was a, it was a Good Friday. And, um, and there was this amazing, like, dramatic moment where um, the, there was a guy playing a timpani, and his, and his whole job was to do the, to, to, you know, mimic the heartbeat of Jesus. Ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-doom. And it got slower and slower and slower and slower until the heartbeat of Jesus, this is Good Friday, was gone. And then, somebody's cell phone. <laughs> so whoever you are, grace, there's nothing but grace, and there it goes again. 
So this horn of salvation Zechariah sings about, I want you to, there's this, it's an, it's, it's this horn of salvation Zechariah sings about, it's a bull's horn. The still, all right, is it done now? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. I want you to look at the screen. This horn of salvation that the bull's horn is, is still connected to the bull. That's the horn of salvation they're talking about. It is God doing this to our enemies. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? And how do we know? We know because it's all over the Old Testament, which was Zechariah's Bible. Psalm 92.9 says, For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Micah 4.13 says, Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will give you horns of iron. You will break to pieces many nations. Psalm 132.17 connects this horn directly with God's Messiah. Here I will make a horn grow for David and set up a lamp for my anointed one. I will clothe his enemies with shame. I want you to remember that. I will clothe his enemies with shame. We'll come back to it. But his head will be adorned with a radiant crown. What he's, he's talking about after you have gored your enemy to death, your head is raised, your horns are up, blood dripping from them, and you've got a crown of victory on your head. Both 2 Samuel 22.3 and, and Psalm 18.2 record the Psalm of David after God saved him from his enemy. Uh, he says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. The horn of salvation is a, is a bull raising its confident head in victory after dispensing with all the threats. So the son of Zechariah is going to, is, is the, is the, the song of Zechariah is the song of a man who has spent a lifetime with unfulfilled hopes. And now he is seeing God's salvation as it is. He is, he is seeing hope and promises fulfilled. This God ready to defend his people. He sees the nature of salvation. He gets the great revelation of grace. It is tender mercy, but that is not weak mercy. Grace is Jesus coming after our enemies like a bull comes after a body. Don't you love that image? Doesn't it give you confidence to sick him on the things that plague your life? on the unrelenting sins and your fallen habits and your defects. Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel, who has visited and redeemed his people by raising up a horn of salvation for us, that we, being delivered from our enemies, might serve him in fear uh, with holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. So now, Zechariah, having praised God in that way, he turns his gaze from his Father in heaven to this son he has been given. And he looks with absolute joy into the face of this child, this gift of life, and he speaks blessing over his son and celebrates the goodness of God's grace. Look at verse um, 76. 
He says, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. That is the great gift of grace. It's a pathway to peace, to, to freedom, freedom from legalism, from sin, freedom from shame, freedom from fear, freedom to finally forgive people without judging them as somehow less than. That's the word Isaiah speaks as he gazes into the face of his infant son. He can see it now. He can see it, how God is collecting, uh, connecting our individual stories with God's great story. It's because of your story that God's story matters, and it's because of God's story that your story can even be told. And you chose to reach out to Jesus knowing you owed more than you could ever pay. When you reached out and you begged him to forgive everything you've done that falls short, your story becomes part of this thread that runs through the prophets and the patriarchs, that runs through the Psalms of David and directly into the Holy Holy of Holies where Zechariah stood and spoke to angels. And that same thread runs through John, his son, who would find himself just like his dad, standing in this holy of holiest places in the Jordan River with Jesus Christ. I mean, talk about your holy of holies. In Luke chapter 3, John is doing baptisms in the river and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, just as his father prophesied he would. And only imagine what it must have been like for, for John when all the people were being baptized, this is John 3, 21, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came down from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Whew. Can you imagine what that felt like for John? Be a little bit like, like Rachel Ray asking me to teach her something about cooking. <laughs> John says to Jesus, he says, I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me? But Jesus said, this is the Matthew version of the same story. John, you need to do this. God's work, removing the clothes of shame off his people, putting on the clothes of baptism. That is the cosmic work we are accomplishing through this baptism today. Jesus was revealing to John that this new creation baptism was something deeper than a symbol of someone's salvation decision. So hear me, something supernatural happens in the work of baptism. It teaches us about the power of the gospel to penetrate a life, to clothe it, to bathe it, to holify it. The Holy Spirit comes down to light on Jesus in that scene where he's being baptized. And along with the Spirit, you hear this voice. You are my son, my chosen, marked by my love, my beloved son, pride of my life. And those words of blessing, 
We hear God the Father undoing all the work of disgrace. It is a great unshaming. Jesus isn't baptized for himself. Jesus is baptized for the sins of a world full of people in need of grace. A world full of people whose sin he will bear on the cross. Jesus is baptized for you and for me. And then, on behalf of you and me, Jesus receives this profound word of grace. This is my child whom I love. I am pleased with him. That is the healing word for shame. God says to Jesus and to every one of us born after him, over all your shame, your hurt, your pain, grace. Can you breathe that in? God speaks that word of unconditional love to let you know that there is no place beyond his reach, no sin beyond his redemption. Jesus was baptized so God could speak and embrace over you. So that through Jesus, who would hang naked on a cross, all shame is Jesus. I mean, it's covered. All shame is covered. The baptism of repentance is an invitation into the work of the cross into the glory of the resurrection, and into the fellowship of the unashamed. Come on, y'all. Come on. Okay. The baptism of Jesus is an invitation into the work of the cross, the glory of the resurrection, and the fellowship of the unashamed. Now I want to just say here, I want to acknowledge that we in our tradition, we baptize babies and children. We're going to do that today. We do that on the authority of the stories of Acts, which tell us that whole households were baptized when the head of the household was saved. And we do it because we understand that baptism is God's work, not ours. Amen. There's nothing we can do to add to the work of redemption. Grace flows down. But I don't want to miss the ongoing work, the ongoing work of baptism in our lives. It's more than just an act. It's more than just an event. It is a clothing. It is an identity. We who are baptized, whether as infants or adults, are to live our baptism, to walk in it, to claim it, to wear it. It's more than just water and words. It is a clothing. So baptism in the Holy Spirit is about everything baptism with water is. It's cleansing and restoring and getting our lives in line with our created purposes. It's, it's about walking in the blessing of God who says to you when he redeems you, you are my child, my son, my daughter, in whom I, in whom I, in, in whom I absolutely am thrilled. You are the pride of my life. This is what we mean when we say that baptism is a means of grace. It means, friends, that grace has chased after you. That grace has endured your weakest moments and has held on to you and has persisted in defending you. Like the horn of salvation. That right now, grace is knocking everything out of the path that stands between you and Jesus. <laughs> it bears your sin with you. 
Looks it square in the face, no fear. Years ago, this has been years ago, uh, the women of our church did a little in-town mission trip one summer. And we visited a different mission location and every, you know, every time. Some of you were part of that. Who was part of that mission, that in-town mission trip that we did? I know Ann was. Cindy, yeah. Um, la- the last day, we worked in the home of an elderly woman who lived in some of the worst depression I've ever experienced. Um, she lived alone. It was evident that she was dealing with some mental illness, but she had this beautiful, sweet spirit and, and, and a great strength that allowed her to keep pressing on. She didn't walk, so she mostly got around by um, a wheelchair, not understandably limited what she could do around the house. Her house was condemnable. In fact, when she died, they burned the house down. Piles and piles of clothes and junk, piles and piles of trash, roaches even inside the refrigerator. So we went there, we thought, to wash her dishes, try to clean her kitchen up a little bit, see what we could do, but it was really evident by the end of the day that was not what we went to that place for. We went to encounter the Holy Spirit. (laughs) One of our team members who was trained as a nurse decided she was going to clean out the bathtub and and invite this woman if she wanted to take a bath. And the woman was thrilled. She was so excited. She She said it had been so long since she'd had a bath. So we gently lowered her into the bath uh the bathtub and we gave her a long soak it was medicine for her her soul you could just tell i've never heard such beautiful singing as i did from that bathroom while she was there had to be one of the most stunning images the whole thing of the kingdom of god these people in the kitchen raking dead roaches out of the stove while this woman sang Near the cross, near the cross, be my glory ever. When they helped her out of the tub and back into her chair, it was so beautiful. And when we dragged trash out of the home of this forgotten woman, we heard, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. This old woman, she's dripping wet, and she's just laughing. It was the most glorious laughter I'd ever seen, ever heard, I think. It was just so beautiful. And at the end of the day, we had a prayer time, and she prayed, and I felt the unmistakable presence of the Holy Spirit in that room. And I wonder, how long has it been since you, spiritually speaking, have had that kind of bath? How long has it been since you just laid yourself back in the grace and the fullness of the Holy Spirit and just belted out praise? (laughs) Maybe it's never happened for you. Maybe you've never let yourself go there. Maybe you've been sitting alone in your own shame for so long that you've forgotten there are options 
Have you forgotten that the same Holy Spirit who pours out rivers of living water, rivers of blessing over Jesus as he bathes in the Jordan, that same Holy Spirit stands ready to pour out rivers of blessing over you. You know, when the writer of Hebrews talks about Jesus' relationship to shame, he says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down. And when you hear that, I just want to hear you. He just sits down in this tub of grace. Sits down at the right hand of God like an ox who has just gored everything that stands between you and the enemy of your soul crown on his head, horns dripping, Jesus wins. This is the mystery we welcome when we acknowledge the coming of Christ at Christmas and when we are baptized into the family of Christ. It is the glory of grace, our great unshaming. So here's the real question. For those of you who have been baptized, into Christ, have you learned to despise the shame? That's the question. Have you learned to despise the shame? Have you allowed yourself to be bathed in the Spirit of God? So I want to come back to the fellowship of the unashamed. There was was a guy, a missionary in Africa, about 100 years ago, who um, was coerced either by his tribe or some outside group to renounce his faith in Jesus Christ. And rather than giving in to that, uh, to that threat, instead he wrote what is now called the Creed of the Fellowship of the Unashamed. It's a kind of creed for those of us who have claimed our baptism and decided to walk in the Spirit. I want to invite you to stand. And as this is meaningful to you, I invite you to recite this creed together. In the same way we've recited other creeds this month, I want you to recite this creed as if you are that missionary standing for what is true and what is right and what is just, understanding that in your weakness God is made strong. I want you to recite this creed like the horn of your salvation is right next to you, ready to gore anybody who wants to speak shame over your life. Are you ready? All right. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. It's been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. So, back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. With low living, sight walking, colorless dreams, tamed visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarfed goals. A longer need, preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized,
praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, am uplifted by prayer, and labor by power. My pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way rough, my companions few, my guide is reliable, and my mission is clear. Come on, people. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, pander at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, come on, shut up, let up, until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes. And when he comes for his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me. My banner will be clear. Come on, people. Amen. Lord Jesus, you heard us. You heard us just now profess our faith. You heard us profess our faith as baptized people who are living our, bapt our baptized lives, living our baptism. So my prayer, God, is that you would give us just a, like, like Zachariah, we want to step into your holy of holies right now. Step into your holy of holies and experience your grace. Your tender mercy, not weak, not weak, but strong. To freshly be moved by your forgiveness. So moved that we are able to forgive others. So moved we are able to rest in you and let you, let you be in charge. Let you live this. Let you lead. God, we are so grateful for your grace. Your great grace. All honor and glory is yours, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our message. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you. Visit us or check out our website at mosaicchurchevans.org for more information. May God bless your day.